Greetings, Wargamers. We're your hosts, Trevor, Jay, Josh, and this is Shane Attack. Attack. is sponsored by Discount Games Incorporated. Discount Games Incorporated specializes in customer service, low prices, and prompt shipping. You can find our web store at www.discountgamesinc.com. Chain Attack. I'm your host, Trevor, and uh, I I can't believe how much I don't remember of the Dresden File series. <laughs> which which number are you on right now? I'm on three. I'm, I'm mostly done with it. I'm almost done with it. And I, I thought, you know, at some point I thought, oh, this is going to become familiar. And um, it's not. <laughs> the, 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 first, the less I remember. The first five I, I remember fairly well. It's when it started getting to like six to nine that... <laughs> it was a little less so. I think I probably remember those better, but I mm. definitely don't remember three. I remembered one and two, great. I There was very little about those that I'd forgotten, but three, I'm like, man, I don't remember any of this. Well, it is the introduction of Michael, so that is uh, a joyous occasion for Trevor and Josh. And Jay, I like Michael. Well, I do have oh, Michael. I was, Jesus, you're about to hurt my feelings for just a second. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm... I'm Jay, the second co-host of Three Old Men talking about uh, forgetting books, <laughs> which <laughs> is the follow-up of our wildly popular uh, Three Old Men talking about their blood sugar <laughs> podcast, which we never actually talked about. <laughs> All right, well, well, I'm in Josh, my defense, I'm the nurse guess, messed up. I'm going to guess my blood sugar is way down. Because I'm, I've released 25 pounds in the past five weeks. So right, that should affect your blood sugar, right? Yeah, it is. Tell me about it. I eat a lot of vegetables now. Um, I don't think your weight matters quite as much as your. Um, I would say your average heart rate is probably a bigger, like your metabolism is a bigger thing than Indicator. your weight. Indicator. Okay. Yeah. Or, but you can also your activity level as well. I'm, yeah. Yeah, mm, that's what I mean. Yeah, because you can. You can be someone who is quite active, but still be heavier than someone who's not. Well, I was going to say, I have been that for the past year. Like, and now I'm finally right. taking weight off. Like, whatever. It's all diet <laughs> for me, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my, like, I, I feel like I shouldn't have any excuse for being this, like, fat slob because. My body actually responds pretty well to me following a, a meal plan and stuff. And so, <laughs> okay, like I'm not one of those. There's, I have friends who they can just like pour so much energy into their, you know, what they're eating and their exercise, et cetera, and it barely budges the needle. And that's not really my situation. And so yeah. instead, I'm just... I have the same, same problem. I like. I don't have an excuse. If I actually put effort into it, I would be super healthy. But that's the problem: is the effort part. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, well, uh, I don't really have any uh, exciting Games Workshop stories this week because they are shipping my stuff on time now, at least for new releases. Uh, last week was I, I spent hours literally like still contacting customers over the, the previous week's debacles, but things are looking up. So <laughs> I was going to say, based on your past stories, the fact that they're shipping it on time feels like it's an unlocking of one of the seals that will release Great Cthulhu from Malaya. <laughs> like, should I be worried? Well, I, here's here's what's going to happen. I mean, <laughs> I 100% expect this. So, uh, like, Games Workshop sales have been great. Huzzah! You were prepping for the um, for the Christmas push, and like. The EU and the UK are just like totally going to go under lockdown and oh, <laughs> like all this stuff yeah, is made yeah. in the UK and, and the UK numbers like don't look great. They look quite bad. <laughs> and so I'm just fully expecting for there to be like another weeks and weeks of not being able to get new releases or, or new product because, because like that's, that's just, that's just the way life is going to be. I don't know. <laughs> so, but while, while we are able to get restocks and new releases, uh, a few things that you can get from Discount Games Inc. The pre-sales for the new Warcry starter box are live. There is a new Necromunda gang. The, the pre-sales are live. There is um, a new big terrain set for Necromunda that's live. Uh, and then this week, coming up right, right after this podcast posts, uh, we will have pre-sales for the Space Wolves and the Death Watch Codex and some products related to, to their release. So that's lots of cool stuff. Uh, and as always, uh, just throw your wallet at the computer in, in the vain hopes that it will bring some sort of peace or joy in your life. And, and as a transitive property, will also bring joy to my life <laughs> as you shop at Discount Games Inc. Fill the void in all of our souls with consumption, please. Yes. You know, you were talking about unlocking the seals, and um, I, my mind immediately went to uh, Vigo the Carpathian from uh, Ghostbusters. <laughs> Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> and so I did a search, and there's actually a VigoTheCarpathian.com where you can buy your own framed print of Vigo yes. the Carpathian. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, it's so random. I'm sorry, but it just that's that's the thought process that goes through that's my mind. The, that's the chains. <laughs> I maybe humanity isn't all bad. There you go. There you go. Wow. Uh, one other thing to throw out here: we're we're trying out some new uh, recording software. So uh, give us some feedback on it, on what you think, and uh, whether it sounds like an improvement or not. So. Well, clearly they can hear us better, so that is not an improvement. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, that's the metric we want them to score on, though. Is can you hear us better? Oh, oh sorry. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this episode we wanted to talk some about uh, games that you can play with families. Uh, it's in a normal year we would be you know, getting together for Thanksgiving and Christmas and 
and all these things. And, and I don't know what's going to happen this year or you know, how people handle it, but it's still... If you're me, you'd be loading up an overly ambitious, giant Rubbermaid bin full of of games, like basically 30 more than you will conceivably ever play. <laughs> <laughs> like, are, 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 you guys's, are, are your guys' uh, families thinking of doing anything for the holidays? Oh, well, I might so, will, absolutely. Oh, they will. I was, so I'm kind of at this weird stage now where, like, Yes, I'm, I will do something with my family, but like, I'm talking about my literal me and my kids only. Cause like, we'll probably join up with my daughter and her husband and that'll be it, you know? So I won't have to worry about my siblings or parents or cousins or any of that kind of stuff. I hope. My, my, I'm pretty sure on my side of the family, we won't do anything, but my wife's family, um, they basically just, they threw up their hands like three months ago and just said, we're, we're still going to meet. Um, they, they meet once a month for Sunday dinner and they got tired of not doing it. And so we've, are, we've been doing it and I, it's not going to change. We're going to, they'll have a Christmas and Thanksgiving and we've already planned out the days. So I will take games just like I always do and we won't play them just like we always do. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I am excited, Trevor, for you to tell us. What games are the best to, to not take to a family gathering to not play? <laughs> yes, yes. The best paperweights. So uh, why don't you start us off, Trevor? I'm, I'm excited to hear. <laughs> so I think it really the first in the category. Yeah, sure. I think it really depends on, you know, where your family's at. But for my family, um, if I go any farther than roll a die and move the number of spaces along the thing and do the whatever, um, they start to lose interest pretty quickly. Whoa, whoa, that this seems like a lot of rules. <laughs> right? That's exactly what they say. Um, so for me, I try to keep it as simple as possible. Just basically, um, and, and I'll be honest, this one is still too much, but um, one of the ones that I almost always try to introduce to people who are pretty much new to board gaming um, in any way, shape, or form is Zularetto. So, really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Zularetto, I feel like is um, it's super simple. You have one action, you take each turn, and then you can do whatever you want with your stuff. But but you either um, draw a tile and put it on a truck, or you take a truck. That's it. You know. And sure, sure, that's it. Do we yeah. gotta learn all these rules today? <laughs> <laughs> the truth is, is that's too much because I realized when I taught um, uh, what's the train game that I can't think of right now. Take it to ride. Ticket to ride. When I taught ticket to ride, which is the same thing, you have you take a ticket, you uh, take a um, you place trains on the board, or you um, take a train car. Those are your three options, right? Well, that was yes. way too much. That was way too much for my uncle. Like he he was like, so I take a ticket, I take a train, or I place a train <laughs> on the board, and I grab a ticket. I'm like, no, 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 no. One of the three. You pick. He one didn't of understand three. the or, huh? Yeah, it I was mean, like. Let's be honest. Here's what I've come to peace with in my middle-aged life: is that it's not it's not if the rules are simple or not. It's all the implications, you know. Like, yes, you only have to take a truck. Or see, I already forgot the other rule. What's the other rule? Take a tile. Put put a tile on the truck or take a truck. Those are the two right. rules. Right. Right. But what does it really all mean, you know? If I take a truck, <laughs> then I gotta do stuff with it, you know, and like. That's the problem is like people don't want you to teach them the rules. This is my experience. They don't want you to teach them the rules. They want you to teach you. They want you to teach them how to win. 
but don't teach anybody else that. Like, I can't, I lose <laughs> track of the number of times that I say, like, don't ask me any strategy questions. I'm no good at these games. <laughs> well, let me just say that Zularetto is a very simple and easy game, and it is kind of a nice gateway game. Um, I like it better. Uh, than Ticket to Ride. I feel like it's a little bit more um, visually fun for me. Um, I like the zoo experience, creating a zoo. Um, there, it can get a little complicated, I guess, for the new player when you start talking about how you earn money, and, um, you know, but, how you score. But for the most part, they can play the game by following those two actions. Yeah. It is a, uh, like, Spiel de Jarre's oh, it's a level game. of game. It's right. Like, I, and I, I mean, like, it's it's one that has, I think it won that award, or at least it was one of the oh, runners-up. Yeah, it won it. Yeah, it won it. And so, you know, that's an award that it's, you know, kind of the level of game, I guess, both quality and complexity of, like, your ticket to ride, your Settler's Catan, etc. So. And I like it better than both of those, personally. Sure. So, Josh, I have one to uh, pitch at you. Okay. Uh, and it probably isn't as, uh, effective as, as it would have been like a year or two ago when, when your father-in-law was still alive. Okay. But, um, one of the, one of the new releases in the Ticket to Ride franchise is Ticket to Ride Amsterdam. Really? And yes. Obviously has a lot of family, family roots and ties going on for you. Um, and another thing that's pretty interesting about it, let me, let me look it up real quick, make sure that I'm remembering right. Um, is it one of the smaller player count maps or something like that? Um, give me one second. Anyways, uh, I, I thought that that was, was something that was, was kind of fun or interesting, but, um, all, all three of us did a trip to Amsterdam together and it is, you know, of quite a fond memory of mine. Um, here's, here's a, a couple other, um, sales points for it, for people who, uh, didn't do a trip to Amsterdam with their friends or don't have <laughs> genealogy ties to it. Um, it's only a 1999 game oh, that's and nice. it is a, it does two to four players and it's, it's not one of the like expansions where you need to have the, the core game to play it. It's just it stands a, on its own, man. Yeah, that's nice. Yes, it's it's a standalone game of Ticket to Ride for 19.99. So, I think that's uh, hard to shake a stick at. Yeah, I agree. That looks pretty pretty interesting. All right, I'll take it under consideration. <clears throat> okay, uh, Josh, do you have one for us? So I'm going to start with one that I think is a pretty simple suggestion. But if you have if you don't have it yet, or if you haven't tried it, it really is nice to have on hand. Um, and that's really any of the code names. I probably am still pretty partial to original code names, but it really is good for like a family gathering because of the teams element, you know? So you can have your uncle who's basically an ignoramus on one team who will be offset by like your super smart cousin, you know, and like their team will kind of form a, a core competency with that blend of idiocy and genius, right? And um, I, I do have a pretty strong opinion on this one that Pictures is quite a bit better than the, the base game. <laughs> oh, you do? Okay. Well, I yeah, don't you think that that's kind Jay. of a preference of words over images, though? No. Really? I agree. The, the, the oh, pictures right. one is just better. Oh, huh. okay. 
And anyway, if, if, if you don't know, if, if our listeners don't know what Codenames is about, I mean, there's a grid of cards laid out with either words or pictures like these guys are mentioning. Uh, it's a five by five grid. Am I thinking of that right? Um, the pictures has a different size grid than the normal one. Than words. Oh, okay. And anyway, yeah. your each team secretly has um, agents assigned to it that certain words are their agents. And so you have the 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 leader of the team or, or the spy master is giving clues. It's they give one word and one number as a clue, and then their team has to use that word and number to, to try to pick which of the tiles or which of the cards out on the table are their agents. And there's also an assassin that if anybody picks it, they automatically lose. So it, it, it just generates some real good camaraderie, some good tension. It's not particularly challenging mechanically. I mean, it's even simpler than Zularetto, right? Um, and and I'm going to just guess, Jay, that this is probably also a in the $20 range game too, isn't it? If you were to um, pick I think you around like 25-ish, yeah, okay. is the suggested retail. So pretty good economy, you know, a lot of value. So yeah, yeah. You, when you guys say the pictures you prefer, is there one particular – because there's a lot of pictures ones now too, aren't there? There's like Marvel and Disney and – And those are, are second-party or third-party licensed games. Okay. Um, which are which is fine. I mean, if, if you are interested in like Disney or Marvel or whatever, then, you know, go at it. Um, but – um, I think there's just one of the pictures that's actually by uh, that company. Okay, okay, that makes sense. I, I think just the the the, um, the base pictures. Yeah, the original code names pictures, right? Yes. Okay, Trevor. So I'm going to recommend kind of two, depending on which uh, floats your boat, I guess. <laughs> uh, these are both very expensive, so I'm going to I'm going to lead with that. I'm going to say that if if price is an issue, steer clear of both of these. Um, so, but these have been of the few games I've actually had success with at family gatherings. These two games have both been successful. So, the first of these that I'm going to talk about is uh, Flick 'em Up. It is a Western-themed dexterity game, um, and it's been successful with my family because it's very simple to explain. You flick the bullets at the bad guys, and if you knock them over, they take a wound. I mean, that's literally the game in, in a nutshell. Um, very easy to understand, very easy to get to the table, and it's visually, it's pleasing. Like, you can look at it, people come to the table, they look at it, and they're like, what is this? How do I take part? Um, the second one that has a in a very similar feeling or vein is Pitch Car. Um, I'm not even sure if they still sell the original Pitch Car. Uh, not the original. Yeah, there, there's the newer editions that are pretty handy i mean like easier to carry around and stuff yeah the pitch car mini i think is the current version which i've not played so i don't really know a lot about it um but i'm assuming that other than being smaller it's essentially the same game um but pitch car is you have chunks of track that you put out on the table and you basically flick a, a disc around the track as your car and again it also looks really good you can you step up to the table, you see uh, a track and, and these little discs that are moving around the track. It's very easy to explain. You flick it with your finger. If it flies off the track, it's got to go back onto the track. And you can it plays a lot of people. I think Pitch Car plays 8 to 10, somewhere in that range. So um, I, the last time we played it at a, at a family gathering, I had eight people around the table, 
and it also like you're you don't wait a long time in between turns although eight players does start to get a little bit borderline um but generally you can play through everyone as long as they're paying attention pretty quickly and you can complete a a thing around the the track the like i said before the downside is the cost um yeah I don't know how much- base pitch car even if you just bought the basic pitch car it is still you can still get some from like do you don't have any in stock, DJ? I don't pitch car. I do have flick 'em up in okay. stock, and I was I was looking up. So I was just looking at the price of pitch car, and it was like eighty five bucks for the base. But then there's like eight or ten expansions. Flick 'em up is this suggested retail is seventy, and then we you know sell it twenty percent off. Okay. Um, I mean, yeah. in comparison to the games we've already talked about, it is significantly. Uh, to be fair, I feel like it's very easy to get multiple plays out of these games. Um, and I think that they are, um, they're the type of thing that, that, um, once the adults are done, the kids will continue playing with them all night long. Um, right. I, I just think that they're, while they are a little bit more money, if that's not a uh, stickler for you, they are probably, um, especially so, if you have kids. I got a question. Like, I want to take issue with one of the suggestions a little bit, which is flick them up because I found that flick them up didn't get fun for me. Until you got into some of the like additional rules, you know, like duels and like going into a saloon or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like the base game is sort of like, okay, yeah, I get it. It's cutesy. But like, I'm like, I, I want a little meat. Like, pitch car, I don't feel that way because it's like pretty straightforward. You're just having a race. Josh. You know? Yeah. Josh. <laughs> you can take a tile or you can take a truck. <laughs> Do we have to learn these all today? <laughs> I'm just saying, you're not the target audience that I'm going for with flick 'em right. up. So you're saying flick 'em up, just the basic flick 'em up, and and okay, I will grant you that. Well, it, it it has scenarios, and certainly I agree that for those of us who are looking for a little bit more um, interest in the game, campaign style play, that you need to get into the ways um, for it to get really cool and interesting. But I think that. If you have a couple of people who are interested in playing through a few games of Flick 'em Up, you can play a few games at a family gathering after you know the dinner table's clean. Sure. Um, I think that it may that if you're going to do that, it may be a little more difficult to do, and and maybe you're asking too much for your family gathering. Uh, but I do think you can just you know let's throw some guys out and let's have the basic scenario where we're trying to shoot all of the um, outlaws or the outlaws are trying to get away, not get into the depth of some of the campaign. Yeah. To, to, but towards that, it is much easier to explain and get into a pitch car than it is flick them up. It's a race. Flick your car around the track. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I have, I have one to uh, go over with you guys. And uh, I will confess that uh, I haven't had a chance to play this yet, but it is, a game I'm pretty interested in and is, is the type of game that I would take to play with, with my family. Okay. Okay. So, uh, that one is, uh, Splendor Marvel. And so okay, I am interesting. a pretty big fan of, uh, just Splendor itself. Um, I think it's a good intro game into a lot of Euro mechanics and it, the the components are nice. It's fairly easy to learn, etc. And so, uh, just as a base recommendation, if you haven't played Splendor or played it with your family, give it a try. Yes. 
Um, uh, and then Splendor Marvel is takes everything that you love about Splendor and gives it a skin of Thanos and the Infinity Gauntlet. So uh, on Board Game Geek, it so says wait, here's... are you Thanos in the game or are you representing the Avengers? I believe you're the Avengers. Okay, okay. Uh, assemble the Avengers, acquire locations, and when ready, claim the Infinity Gauntlet. So on Board Game Geek, this is what it says about the, the differences. It says, even though Splendor Marvel uses Splendor's core rules and high-quality materials, it has a different color structure, a new endgame trigger, and new victory conditions. You can also gain Infinity Points with the Avengers Assemble tile that can be passed from one player to another several times during the game. So uh, there's there's going to be some people for whom having it have a superhero Marvel theme is going to be either a draw or a turnoff to them. Um, some of my family would probably enjoy uh, the the normal game of Splendor more than, than the Marvel version, but uh, it's definitely something that's been on my radar and something that um, I'm looking forward to playing. Yeah, I could see that. Okay. Trevor, what, what game would you like to take to your family to not get played? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm trying to trying to think of some things that our listeners may not have thought of. Because um, well, the ones that I think of are a little more common. They're things like King of Tokyo has been always been successful. It's very right. easy to explain. It's quick to get into. Um, we've also had reasonable success um, playing games like Hanabi. Mm. That's the fireworks game, right? Yeah, yeah, Hanabi is a um, a game where you play all of your cards backwards, so you can't see any of your cards, but you can see everybody else's cards at the table. And on your turn, you can either um, give a clue, or you can uh, draw and discard a card. Um, and there's a limited number of clues you can give uh, before the fireworks display launches, um, so you have to sometimes... Uh, draw cards and discard cards, not necessarily the ones you want to. You have to sometimes make a little bit of guess. But basically what you're trying to do is create a stack of fireworks from uh, one up to, or am I the other way around? It's five to one. No, one to five. It is one to five. So you're trying to you're trying to play the, say, the number one green card first and then the number two green card on top of it all the way up to number five. And you want all of your stacks to have um, from number one to number five and your points are based on the highest numbers you get in each stack. So if you fill all stacks to fives, you get the highest score of 25, I think. Um, and, and on your turn, when you give a clue, you basically point to cards in somebody's hand, and you can say you have three greens, for example, and you point to all the greens in their hand. Um, or you can tell them you have three ones, and I can point to all the ones in their hand. Um, you cannot give them any more information than that, but it helps them. They have to remember what they're holding in their hand, um, and then, and you have to work together as a team and it's, it's co-op, but there's, you're not necessarily playing against anything. There's no AI deck. It's just, it is a matter of a, uh, we're working together to, uh, figure out our hands, I guess. And if you, there can be plenty of room for misunderstanding and other things like that. Um, and if you play the wrong card, uh, basically, you lose a fuse and it gets closer to the launch of the fireworks display. Um, I, Hanabi's a great game. It's cheap. Um, I'm guessing it's probably 12 bucks, maybe 15. I have the technology, <laughs> but, um, uh, it's, it's quick. It's easy to explain and, um, they will probably screw it up really badly the first time. And then once it clicks, everyone will <laughs> do better. Here's, here's what I love about this. So 
the the first version of Hanabi has um, a suggested retail of ten ninety five. Okay. And Hanabi Deluxe Two has a suggested retail of sixty nine ninety nine. Whoa! Holy crap! What does it actually launch fireworks for you? <laughs> Maybe I don't know. Who, who could know these things? That that, w- that would be pretty interesting way to deluxify it. Uh, uh, I I have not played the deluxe. I know nothing about it, but I apologize if it is not a, like at least five times better than the original Hanabi. <laughs> that is crazy. Uh, okay, so I've got one that's in the vein of spendier. Uh, I'm going to be even more spendy than Trevor. And I'm also going to say the other possible problem with this game is actual transportation. Like, if you drive a two-door, I don't know if there will be room in your vehicle for this game. But uh, the game is called Tumblin' Dice. Uh, I think the most recent printing of it is by Eagle Griffin Games. I have an older one that was like a French company. Anyway, it is a totally awesome little dexterity game. What's awesome about it for gatherings is it only plays four players, but like, Four players are going to play in five to ten minutes, and then you can easily rotate in more people or, or vice versa, right? So the whole the whole deal with Tumble Dice is it has um, one, two, three. It has five tiers, so it's this tiered board, and you flick uh, six sided dice from off the top tier, and depending on where they land, their point value is the pips that shows on them times the value of times the multiplier of the tier that they land on. So the fourth tier is actually small little tiers, and it's easy to fall off the board. Anyway, really fun, really clever, um, and just plays quick. But but like, I'm just looking at it like it's basically 116 bucks on Amazon for the most recent Eagle Griffin Games edition. And I'm pretty sure I paid somewhere in that neighborhood for the wooden one that I got way back when. But it's totally awesome because like you can knock somebody else's die off after they've already gone and. So that you know, there, there's just all kinds of different ways that you end up flicking. There's there's much hubris, and then you know, falls from grace and weeping, and you know, just just a lot of fun. So that's when I'd suggest again, it is not a budget solution. Tumble and dice. So uh, I guess I can go ahead and and talk some about um, Among Us as as a family option as well. I over this weekend, I played that game with. Um, with some friends online. Um, there was a, a pretty good mix of like Brian and I are, you know, have a pretty solid grounding in gaming, uh, at this point, I would yeah. say. Um, <laughs> and then there were two friends who, um, I would say are, are kind of midway and then two that are kind of muggles. And, um, it was, it was a fun time. I, I would say that, um, you know, Brian, in these games in general, kind of the hidden identity games, um, it can, they can, they can fall apart a little bit if there are people in the game who are just really bad at being an imposter or a traitor like, or. Are you talking about people who, as soon as the game starts, they say, what does a Cylon do again? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Love you, Flatland. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he listens to the show. I don't think he does either. But if he ever hears it, I want him to know I'll never forget. <laughs> so Among Us is a hidden identity game where there's somebody who is a uh, the equivalent of a werewolf in the werewolf Ultimate Werewolf game or 
Uh, yeah, part depending of the on player count, it could be between one to three, I think, if you have max player count in them. Uh, we also played this game this weekend, um, and my autistic son, Cody, um, he learned that y- if, if you self-report a, when you, when you find it, like when, when a, somebody's murdered, you can report a body. Right. And the murderer can report the body, right. um, sort of as a, a throw, uh, to kind of get people off track. Right. Well, he did it once and it worked. So then he thought he should do it every time. And before long, we were catching him every time because he was, self-reporting every time he killed one of us. Um, but anyway, I, I think that the, there's some really big benefits to this game out of all the ones we've talked, talked yeah. about. Um, at a family event, um, it's very easy to explain or understand. It's a mobile slash computer game. And on mobile, if you don't want to pay for it, it's free. It's cross-platform. So if if some people have an Android and some people have an iOS device, they will work together, and if the guy in the corner wants to run it on his uh, laptop, he can do so. Um, the computer version is 5 bucks, but doesn't have any advertising. And the, the other ones you can pay for to, to remove the advertising. Yeah, it's 2 bucks on iOS to remove the advertising. But the fact that it's, it's free... totally worth it. Yeah, the, the fact... Yeah, I, I agree that the 2 bucks is worth it, but, you know, my uncle would think that's silly. Right. Um, but the truth is, is the fact that it's free means that you can get together a group of people, say, let's play this game. It's free. And all you have to do is have a, a phone, which in theory, most people have in their pocket ready to go. Yeah, I will agree with you that those things are correct. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, cross, the cross-platform thing, I feel like, is, is such a huge sell. Yeah, it's it a is. big deal. I, I want to make a suggestion that's similar for that reason, that's sort of a cross-platform solution or... I should say phone agnostic, I guess. Um, there are a lot of the uh, Jackbox Party Pack uh, games that can be a lot of fun, and really most people just need to have a smartphone to be able to participate in. Like the one that my family has played the most often is the Jackbox Party Pack 3, specifically the game called Quiplash 2, which is kind of a Mad Lib slash word game, you know? And so you have... It runs on either a computer or a console we played on the PlayStation, but all the players are playing on a phone or iPad or something like that. And so it has a lot of the same effect that you get with among us where it's like, Hey, did somebody, did you come with a smartphone? Then you can participate in this game. And it's not hard. As a matter of fact, the game is going to snarkily explain the rules to us every time we play it. Kind of thing. You know what I mean? So that's another one to really think about and look into. I'm, I'm really tempted to buy the Jackbox party pack seven. And I don't honestly know that much about it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One of the benefits of any of these mobile versions of these style of games, I mean, because really Among Us is, is, I mean, it's a lot like a werewolf, ultimate werewolf sort of thing, but it doesn't require anybody to really know what they're doing. You know what I mean? With werewolf, you kind of got to understand your role a little bit, right? Right. And you, you also need to, if somebody's going to be the, the lead on the, on Ultimate Werewolf, they need to understand the game well enough to actually run it. With Among Us or, you know, these other games, it, like, like you said, it explains to you how to play it and it manages the game master. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Overall, I, I did think that it was a pretty fun experience. Um, and it was worth, worth playing. So. Um, I think we're to Josh. Do you have a recommend? I do. Yeah. So I, 
I feel like we're all kind of skirting around the sort of obvious suggestion, and I'm just going to say it, but it's not the game I'm suggesting, which is that Werewolf is sort of the obvious suggestion. Like, it can, you can play with a lot of people, even though, like Trevor said, there's some complication added to it. But I want to make a suggestion of one that's along that same lines, and, you know, maybe it'll allow you to make sort of political snarky comments without directly having combative political conversation. But the game I'm going to suggest is um, Secret Hitler. Horrible. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've played Secret Hitler, but I don't remember. How does it differ from Werewolf? How does it differ from Werewolf? So, uh, number one, it only goes up to ten players max. And um, the teams are a little more evenly distributed. You know, like in Werewolf, there's only one, maybe one to three werewolves. I mean, three werewolves would be a pretty big village, right? And most of the roles are like, you're just the peasant or whatever. I mean, Secret Hitler, everybody is either a liberal or a fascist. And then you also have, it's actually been a while since I played it. So I don't remember what all the other roles end up being. Yeah. But, there's, but you have there's, roles like, you know, Chancellor and like... Yes. Uh, in in general, um, uh, for for the people who are like aficionados of this genre, um, this is Secret Hitler is widely considered as the um, the best of the genre. Um, it's a little bit deeper I, than yeah. Than part a lot of what of I love about it is that, like you're voting on policies and stuff, and like the policies that get voted on are going to affect who and how you know you might win, kind of right. Uh, yeah. It, do I remember right? Is there another version of this called Secret Voldemort? Well, I think there's a fan-made version. Like, I, I don't oh, okay. know that it ever went to retail, but yeah, I know it's been skinned as, like, Voldemort, and, like, I'm pretty sure there's probably people who skinned it with, like, American poli- uh, politicians and stuff, like... Because, oh, like I said... Great, great yeah, family. I, like I said, once you're <laughs> handing out, like, liberal and fascist roles, it's pretty easy to start making snarky comments. <laughs> It is, it is a very well made game. So yeah, it, it's it is it's it's very stylized, right? Like yeah, and it like I I uh, it is a game that I cannot. The the company is just so weird to deal with. Oh because, really? What what company is it? Oh, I thought you knew this. No. <laughs> oh, I'm ready for the story. Okay. Um. So. It's it's the same company that does um oh shoot um like the party game that's just super vulgar oh cards oh, against cards humanities against, yeah yes oh jeez so now I want to take my now I want to take my recommendation back yeah I was actually a little surprised that you did do it because um I mean that company kind of comes with a little bit of baggage yeah um so. Card the the company that makes Cards Against Humanity, um, they like I if I if I send them an email saying I would like to set up a distribution account um, to you know sell your fine products, they'll just respond back and be like get wrecked. Yeah, <laughs> and, pound Sam. Yeah, correct. But okay. there there are a f- like a few people the stores that have managed to get set up as direct retailers and and unlike some of the retailer facebook groups there's there's people that are like um you know i i did it 
I, I kept emailing them every week for a year, and, and finally, or like all these these different apocryphal <laughs> stories or whatever, right? And um, and so it's it's kind of funny. Like the, their main uh, distribution is through Amazon. Uh, maybe they do some of their own as well. But um, like I I just order the game off of Amazon as a normal person and sell it in my store to markup. So. Which people are willing to pay for, so they don't have to wait for it to get there. Yeah, because I want I want to play this game today with my friends. Yeah, right, right. Well, so. is there is there an alternative to it that you think does it better, where you wouldn't have to deal with that kind of baggage? Well, that's why I mentioned Secret Voldemort because I thought that maybe somebody else had published something. Yeah, similar. I think Secret Voldemort <laughs> is just like a print and play reskin, like fan yeah. made kind of thing. <laughs> you're you're not part of the. Uh, as much part of the um, the liberal uh, culture wars, Trevor, but Harry Potter's been officially canceled, canceled as well. So. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's um, right. Yeah, yeah, believe it or not, I I don't really ascribe uh, to all those things all the time. Um, I wait till the dust settles sometimes. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, I just don't feel like there is another one. You know, there's there's one that got kickstarted last year called Blood on the Clock Tower that I think will be in a similar vein I mean, there's there's ones like the resistance avalon that are that are pretty fun as well yeah yeah two rooms in a boom they're all just a little different though they don't quite capture yeah. the same yeah theme. yeah i think i think i don't really care for some of them to be honest the um the one that i really enjoy the most is is like the secret hitler or the werewolf i mean those seem right. to kind of right. capture that that um interest level for me sure uh, Trevor, do you do you have any more that you would like to go over? Uh, you might. Oh gosh, you sort of caught me off guard. You might need to come back to me. Uh, Josh, do you have any more? Uh, let's see. Well, we we have mentioned. I wanted to mention it. We've talked about it in other episodes before, but I think Galapagos, and especially with the expansion, is like phenomenal to entertain yourself and nine of your closest blood relatives. Um, you know, it's it's basically survivor of the game. You're all shipwrecked on a desert island. Um you're trying to make sure that there's enough food and water for everybody to go around each turn. And when there's not, then you have to quote unquote vote for someone to walk into the forest, you know, a nice euphemism for death or whatever. <laughs> and um, I think the expansion is a ton of fun because it adds individual roles. And so every player has a slightly different player power, you know, like the glutton who not only can he eat food and water, but he can eat two things of wood in place of a food or water sometimes. So just funny flavor stuff like that. So anyway, Jalapagos is, and, and again, it's a crazy good value. Like it's, is it under 30 bucks? Oh yeah. Okay. It's like, uh, one second again. Like, I feel I, like it's a crazy it's good value for its, for its production. Like, like it's, it's made so well. It's like so fun. Except for that, like, then you have people like my wife and one of my daughters who apparently can feel the black ball. And so like, we make them wear a glove when they're pulling stuff <laughs> out of the burlap bag. Yeah, it's uh, 19.99. Okay, right that's oh, just a ridiculously good price. So, yeah. so with the expansion, it it might be just under 30 with the expansion, and I think the expansion's totally worth it. Uh, so I'll I'll throw out two quick ones here. Uh, this first one, uh, I'll actually let you talk to Josh. Uh, it's one that you took to a family gathering, expecting it to be a paperweight, and it succeeded. Okay. Uh, wits and wagers. Oh, geez. Yeah. Well, 
I, I actually took it and turned it into like a full, like this was like 40 people. So divided into five oh, teams yeah. of eight and uh, it managed to, yeah, it's, it's just a, it's a trivia game with a bit of a twist. And so it ends up being fun. All the, all the answers in wits and wagers are numbers. And so you put your answer down and then the answers all get sorted on a, a board and then people can bet on the answers. And so the the more extreme answers pay out at higher odds. And so, you know, there's some temptation to bet. I mean, you don't usually bet for your own answer. You're like, oh, wait a minute. So-and-so might actually know something. And I think they might be closer. Let's bet on them. And, and so it's this like fun combo of trivia and gambling. Like, what well, you know. Who doesn't like a, that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, your crazy, crazy aunt maybe might be opposed to it, but. But yeah, it ended up being a pretty big hit. We we did a custom version with it where the questions were all related to Fiddler on the Roof. So that was a bit <laughs> of a that was kind of an interesting challenge for me. But you know, I was asking things like, "What year did this version of it appear in theaters?" You know, and like, uh, "What what were the box office sales of the original?" You know, questions like that. But the base with the Waiters games like covers a huge broad range of topics, and they're all that way. What's the high the, the second one... highest mountain in the Andes? crap like that mm. uh the other one that i'll i'll throw out there real quick um i i have bought this game and i was going to i had it set up to play with some friends before the pandemic and then haven't been able to yet but uh, i have a, a friend that both of us enjoy sending each other back and forth trolley memes uh oh, trolley yes. Dilemma memes. okay yes <laughs> and so uh this game is trial by trolley it is by Cyanide and Happiness, and the byline is a party game of moral dilemmas and trolley murder. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's basically you uh, setting up these uh, trolley dilemmas and voting which way you would send the trolley to kill people. <laughs> I'm assuming that there is sort of a level of crassness in, the, in this game only because it's coming from Cyanide and Happiness, but I don't I would, know that. It says ages 14 plus. Okay. Uh, it it does three to thirteen people, fifteen minute playtime. So it's it's also one that is is quite inexpensive, and um, I'm I'm sad that I didn't the, the pandemic hit and I didn't get to play it yet. <laughs> um, I would I would so, think you could play it online. All right, go ahead. Jim. Yeah, you probably could. So I'm going to start by I think the one that that I would like to recommend is probably so far out of print that it's not a good recommend. Um, I'm assuming Wings of Glory is long out of print at this point, and you can't get it anymore. Um, I think there might be another company that like put it out, it out on a different name. Okay, well, it, it used to be called Wings of War, and then they reprinted it as Wings of Glory. It's owned by Ares Games. I don't know if I don't know if there's a newer version than that. Um, Wings of Glory um, is a a, a dogfighting game essentially. And it's very easy to explain to people how to uh, how to complete their turn, and it's very engaging, and there's a lot of uh, depth to the game. So it's something that that uh, is very easy to learn, but very difficult to master. And I think that it's something that people kind of latch onto quickly, especially if you've got you know that one uncle that um, really likes you know World War II fighting planes or something like that. Or wasn't or it the predecessor to like the X-wing uh, miniatures game? There's some rules that were taken into X-Wing, yes, but I would say that they're, especially at this point with X-Wing 2nd Edition out there, they're pretty far apart at this point. But there's some similarities. 
Um, Wings of War um, at Wings of Glory uh, is far simpler and much easier to introduce people to. But assuming that that one is out of print, because I think it is, and be very, very difficult to find, I will recommend two that I know are not out of print. The first one is called The Magical Labyrinth. Um, the Magical Labyrinth is a um, memory game. So you have a magical labyrinth with invisible walls in it. And you basically move your pawn around inside the labyrinth looking for runes that are out on the board. And the the way it works is there's a magnet in your pawn that connects to a ball. And then the labyrinth is actually underneath the board. So as you move your pawn and it moves the ball around, if you run into a wall, it knocks your ball off, which rolls back to the end, to your corner. And you have to go back to the beginning of the labyrinth. So it's, it's a, you remember the different um, walls in the labyrinth and you have to work your way through the labyrinth to pick up various runes on the bottom of the ground. And it's a little random. So people who aren't very good at the game can still pick up runes from time to time when one randomly shows up near them um, and they get lucky. Um, our seven-year-old has won many times just by that getting lucky. So, uh, but I think the magic labyrinth is a lot of fun. It's very easy to explain. Um, and people are, they're interested by it. It was a, uh, Kinderspiel de Jaris winner a uh, long time ago, but it's still in print. Um, you can still get it. Um, the other one that I'd recommend is called Blockus, which has become kind of a big box game. I think you can get it in like yeah. Walmart now. Um, so it's easy to find, uh, but it's also, you can still get it in game stores. It is sort of like um, Tetris meets Tic-Tac-Toe. I don't know, you each have your own set of weird shapes, and the goal is to get as many of them out onto the board as you can. And it will play four people pretty quickly and pretty easily. It's very easy to explain, and it's one of those games you look at and it just looks great on the table. All right. Well, are there, I guess, anything else that, that we want to throw out there to round things out? Uh, Deception Hong Kong was one more I thought I would mention. It's 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 in the werewolf vein that people may not know about a lot of times. You're trying to solve a murder mystery, and one person is the the murderer and sometimes they have an accomplice and the person the, the person that would be the narrator in the werewolf uh, game is giving clues and like it's hilarious because everyone will hate his clues they will hate him and they will hate his clues but it's, it's totally worth it so that's one i wanted to mention real quick all right um well go ahead and hit us up on the social medias with uh what you guys like for your your family games and also give us some some recommends in discord 